Welcome to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I am the host of the show. This podcast is designed to inspire and empower you to start and maintain your own wellness journey so you can become the best version of yourself. Let's begin. Welcome back to another episode of Balance Your Life Podcast. I am your host, Megan Farrell Gordon, and happy Monday, beautiful souls. This Monday, we are about to get wild. Do I have an episode in store for you? We are going all over the place in today's episodes. So before we even dive into it, full disclaimer here, this episode is not meant to act as medical advice. I am joined by Antoine Billboard. Both him and I, we are not medical doctors. You are always encouraged to talk to your doctor or physician before you begin anything that we talk about in today's episode. We are talking about plant medicine, specifically mushrooms, microdosing. We talk a little bit even about macrodosing. We discuss breath work, healing, and all of that good stuff. Antoine is simply stating his experience using plant medicine. So full disclaimer, like I was saying, you have to do your own research. You have to do your own research. You have to be your own guru here. But it was a very fun episode to record and it's a very informative episode. You can make your own decision whether this is something you like to explore down the line after you've done your own research, but it's something that I have been curious about in my own life and I know other people in my life have also been curious. So that is what you're getting into in today's podcast episode. We are also just over a week out from my online meditation teacher training closing. So if you want to join this teacher training, if you want to deepen your own practice, if you want to have the ability and the gift to be able to take this incredibly powerful tool, not only for yourself, but to teach it out into the world, then you need to jump on board. I'm giving you code Megan10, M-E-G-H-A-N-10. Use that code at check out to get 10% off of the entire training. The training goes live March 26th. You get lifetime access to it. And like we talk about in today's podcast episode, we talk about the healing practices of meditation and breath work. So in this training, you are going to get modules on six different styles of meditation. We are talking breath awareness meditation, mindfulness meditation, guided meditations, affirmation and mantra meditations. We are also talking about vibrational sounds. You are going to get business 
workshops, workshop and one-on-one coaching templates and guides. You are getting a bonus resources section and my social media checklist and guide. You will get 30 hours of continuing education with the Yoga Alliance. If you are part of the Alliance, you can use these hours towards your continuing education credits and you will get a certification upon completing the training. So I will make sure all of this is linked in the show notes. Again, you are going to use code MEGAN10 at checkout to get 10% off of this incredible training I am offering you. Antoine also offers a ton of codes in today's podcast episode. There is going to be a link in the show notes where you can go and find all of his products and services that he recommends there. You can go right to there. You can find everything that you are looking for and see what he has to offer. So who is Antoine Billboard? Antoine is a conscious content creator. He's a brand developer and aspiring trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. He prides himself at bridging the gap between the realms of higher consciousness levels and the matrix by helping spiritually gifted professionals attract their dream clients using the power of social media. Antoine is a big believer, an idealist, and believes in a brighter, more loving future for humanity. He believes we need to use the darkness to lure people into the light and that emotional intelligence is for all. On this episode, we talk about how to make spirituality more fun and lighthearted, having breakthroughs on plant medicine, using them for healing, enhancing our lives and becoming more self-aware, breathwork and meditation, and so much more. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode and I hope you gain as much value from it as I did. Take everything with an open heart and open mind. Have some fun with today's podcast episode and if you feel called to learning more about meditation and what the power of that tool can do for you and your clients and students, I will see you March 26, 2022 inside of my online meditation teacher training. With that, please welcome Antoine to the Balance Your Life podcast. So I just want to revisit Uh. that for a second because we were talking and then you had mentioned we should record this because it is hysterical how we met and I was (laughs) saying I found you on TikTok and right away I was like this guy gets it and then I did a remake of it and I gave you credit because I was like this is amazing it was the one where you were doing like the it's that scene from Mean Girls where she's you know I can't come out I'm sick (laughs) And then you went through like, I'm doing breath work and I'm working on my inner child. And I was like, this guy is amazing. I know. I know. Yeah. The one with the the shirt transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It got a lot of traction. I was really proud about it. Yeah. You did amazing. That one got so many views on it. And like the transitions were so well done. So from a social media standpoint, amazing. From a spiritual yoga perspective, hysterical and amazing at the same time. (laughs) And yeah, you were saying that, and I say this with so much love, it's important to take spirituality and healing seriously. But as you said, I like to bring a touch of humor and some badass energy, you know, just to like bring it to like more people. Oh, Mm -hmm. it's not 
so serious. You can make fun of it. You can have fun with it. And if it can bring more people into this world, then my job's done. Yeah. Yeah. And you attract your specific tribe doing it like that way when you're who you are, when you're having fun, like you're not going to attract those people who are like, I want to be super serious. It's like, that's great. You're not for me. You're for somebody else. Yeah. I would love to know, so we can give the audience a little bit of context, like who you are, what you currently do as, as work and where in the world you are joining me from today. Oh my God. So I always hate days just because Scorpio Enneagram 7, I feel so misunderstood, but that's just like me projecting my own lack of understanding of self. But I'll start with the surface level stuff. So my name's Antoine. I am 26 years of age age from Canada. And um, what I do for a living is I create content. So I like to create content for myself, but also for my clients. And yeah, like my intention with it is just to bridge the gap between Uh, higher consciousness levels and the online world so I like to say I awaken the matrix within the matrix (laughs) and yeah so if I can raise the collective consciousness and bring people more into the light uh, while honoring the darkness and my job's done I'm happy that's absolutely incredible and it's it's one of these things right now I feel very torn because I love social media. It's how you and I connected. I think it's this incredible way of connecting with other people. Like, I don't know how else you and I would have met other than maybe potentially on a retreat somewhere, but we met because of social media. And also with this COVID thing, like I do miss that human to human connection. And it's, it's one thing to like meet people online Mm. and then go in person and like hang out with them. And COVID is currently like, not happening. So I, it it's this kind of like duality of like, I love social media. And right now I'm really missing that human connection that yes. is so important. Yes, yes. And like you mentioned so many things that I want to um, refer to. I'll start with COVID, you know, like how, no matter how it's, it's so bad, it is terrible, but I always see the silver lining and everything. Call me a delusional optimistic I like to think it's my um Enneagram 7 that's like seeing the positive in everything but like with COVID there was such a big return to home both both literally and um spiritually like everything work um interactions everything's done at home parents have had the opportunity to um get closer to their children school is at home and I feel like this is where we should be heading like bring life back to home like in the actual house but also inside of our heart and people have had this opportunity so 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 much I've, i hear so many people to say like covid was terrible but i got to discover parts of myself i was not even aware of because of the hustle culture that is so predominant in today's society so yeah and yeah. as you said, we wouldn't, we would not have had the opportunity to meet each other. Like we get to meet so many spiritual folks with the online world. So I'm very grateful for the technology. And what I see moving forward is to like use this technology for the light, for the good, for love, for all the positive that we want to bring on this planet. Yeah. 
I feel like for myself as well, I feel I, my hope is that COVID also really hammered home how important our health and our wellness is for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people went one of two ways. They either really started to appreciate, you know, if I'm going to survive COVID or if I get COVID or, you know, so I don't maybe spread it, you know, I have to, do, I have to really take care of myself. I'm also, you know, some That's people go, I'm not working anymore. So now I can really look in and go, is this job serving me? Is this really, truly what mm. I want to do on the flip side? I feel like people also went into this, like Netflix and chill for nine hours. And like, they kind of just, you know, I, I, if I'm not going to a gym, I'm not going to work out because like, I have yeah. to, like, it really encouraged us to look at life as a new way, because as we know, like, it's just, it's not going anyway away anytime soon so it's like how do we pivot and move on because it's out of our control but we can control how we handle life and how we move forward and how we look at the silver lining of things yeah and like slowing down the way we did with COVID allowed me to really look at myself and question things like why do I binge watch Netflix for nine hours when I could be using all this time to learn a new skill or you know, dive into the infinite universe that's inside of me at all times, you know? And I feel like we're like a lot of people were lucky enough to do that. And it's our job to keep that momentum and make it possible and accessible to more people. Yeah. I would love to start at the very beginning because you sound very into your own wellness journey and spiritual journey. Like, have you always felt this way? Was there a pivotal point in your life where it catapulted you into taking this into a whole new different direction? Oh my God. (laughs) My money's going so many different places now. Yes. And yes. So I've always felt different. I've always felt like I did not belong into like my group of friends. I was the weirdo. Like I was, of course, I mean, of course, I experienced bullying in high school. And so that really added to the pain of feeling different and misunderstood and like I could not stand up for myself. And but I think there's beauty in that because it has made me pull up walls to protect me. But also now I kind of recycle those walls into strength. Like, who am I? Why was I bullied? Like, I want to love myself because I was so much deprived of love in childhood and we could go in uh, attachment styles and um, my upbringing with my parents, very like family was a very emotionally unavailable environment. God bless my parents. They have taught me so much and they still do today. Um, But it, it is through this suffering that you sort of like, I feel like the greatest souls go through the greatest sufferings or the greatest souls endure the, 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 the biggest self-doubt and that's to push us through. But if you talk about a pivotal moment, it was, I think, my last relationship. You know how we have three relationships, three love in life. Like the first one is like the first love, the puppy love, where you like, when you think back in hindsight, you're like, that wasn't love, but it was love at the time. It was your definition of love when you were younger. And then you have, the chaotic trauma and drama love relationship codependent and 
this is very much the last relationship I had in 2018, I would say, until 2020 or 21. I don't know, it lasted two years. But it brought up a lot of shadow within me. And looking back, I'm like, there are so many behaviors or things I said or did that I'm not proud of. And it's about, like, I would identify to those things so much and push myself down and beat me up for them or blame the other person, you know, for being triggered and stuff like that. And uh, now, like this relationship, like made me question, why was I acting like that? Why was I falling into those traps and patterns and behavior and, you know, alcohol, partying, fighting. And then the next day it's like fireworks and, you know, like these, these crazy roller coaster ride. And I was like, that's not what I want. And I really wanted to understand myself where these came from and also take responsibility no matter what it meant back, back then. So the first thing that I dived into was uh, attachment theory, uh, as I mentioned before. So of course, like you blame the parents. You're like, this is your fault. <laughs> I have so much love for that now and still learning to integrate it. But yeah, attachment theory was um, the opening gate to my healing journey. Understand um, where things stem from on a subconscious level. Um, so it helps to take off a lot of weight off of your shoulders. So it makes you understand that maybe it was not your fault, but it's your responsibility still to move forward and heal. And I always say that anything like that, like attachment theory or astrology or what have you, it's a good stepping point to understand things cognitively. And it's always good to start with the mind, but you cannot stay there. And I was stuck in loops of like understanding and then reading more and then another podcast, another book, another course. And I did not see the needle shift. Like I would still act the same way when I was triggered. And I was like, okay, there's something else that okay, I had this awareness of myself, but I'm still frustrated because I'm not changing. That's where I got into spiritual development. Uh, personal development or spirituality and self-love, which led me to um, dabble into techniques like meditation and now breath work, which really allow the mind to take a passenger seat perspective and allow it, allow things that are more subconscious, unconscious, or stuck in the body to bubble up and emerge. And yeah, meditation is amazing and silence and breath work. I just love breath work. Sometimes I would just burst crying or scream or start like twitching in the body. And I don't know where that comes from. Like, I don't need to understand my trauma from A to B to C to Z. Who did this in my childhood and what it created in me? Like what broken parts was created because of who, because of how, because of when? But breath work just allows it allows the body really to heal on a cellular level because the body is wise and it will know. And yeah, so yeah. That's yeah, so powerful. I feel thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. You. I 
I feel like there's, I feel like there's a lot of people out there who will resonate with that. And I, I myself resonate. And it's funny, I was on a walk this morning with my husband. And we, we've been watching the show called Down to Earth. And it's, as soon as they say, like, with Zac Efron, people are like, oh, what kind of show is that? It's actually a very powerful and interesting series. And you can really see that he himself is trying to disconnect from the actor job title. And he's trying to find more of a purpose in his life. And oh yeah, we were saying, so one of the guys in it, my husband was saying, like, you know, back in his teens or early 20s, like, he would have never identified with this type of person. And we were talking about like, where do we both feel like our shift came from in our journeys to, I don't want to say like being okay with that, but like really starting to resonate with that and to identify as like, we don't want to be the, for him, it was the drugs, the partying. We don't want to be like that person anymore. And for me, it was very much like I was a very, Mm -hmm. my parents were incredible, but I was a very introverted child I went through a lot of sexual abuse it was I was a very scared person to the point of like I almost wouldn't leave my house because I couldn't I didn't know what was going to happen on the outside I couldn't plan for it so instead of going out there and taking it on I was just very sheltered so we were like where did this you know where where for us like where was this pivotal point of wanting to drastically improve our lives for the better and in hindsight, you kind of go like, I wish I didn't have to go through all the things that I went through. Like I was just like that child who, you know, in high school right now, they're really big into promoting yoga. They don't necessarily call it yoga, but thank God it's, I wish I had gone through that at the same time. I go, well, obviously there's a reason why I went through all of this stuff so that I could be the person (laughs) that I am today. You know, like you look at it that way, but not judging yourself for the person that you were because it led you onto this path. Oh, so absolutely. Like I've got chills for you saying that. And it's such a powerful reminder for anyone watching that it sounds cliche, but there's a truth in every expression. Like everything happens for a reason. Like you Mm -hmm. can learn so much from your experience and we would probably not even be creating this podcast today have we not been through everything and the suffering we have been through? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, yeah, I really just want somebody to really resonate with that. And one thing that you said that was so powerful is this idea of taking responsibility. You, there's this idea of like the victim mentality of like, well, you don't know what mm-hmm. I've been through and this is the way that things are for me. And I can't do anything about it. Like you have no idea what I've been through. And it's true. Yes. I never experienced that. I might have a similar story or maybe not, but it's up to you as a human being or as a person to take responsibility and to, if you want to change your life, only you can change your life. There's not going to be somebody who comes down and like, gives you the script for how to live your nope. life in a better way. Nope. 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 I mean, God could, but he's doing that at all times, you know, like he's reflecting. Everything is reflecting back at you. Like you are creating at all times. So people unconsciously choose to perpetuate their own suffering. 
and there's just so much love to give to these people because that's all they know. But I just wish everyone knew and feel that they have the power 100% at all times. So you said the first, I don't want to say like the first step that you took, but the the first kind of catalyst, the catapult for your journey was attachment, like looking at your attachments. Was this right? listening to a podcast? Was it reading a book? Was it journaling? Was it having these conversations with people? What exactly did that look like for you? Wow. Thank you so much for this question. Because yeah, it can be different for everyone. Um, But for me, I was still in my past relationship and I would watch YouTube videos. I don't know if you know the channel Psych2Go, but it's like psychology made like super cute with these animations and they break down these concepts. And yeah, there was like this uh, avoidant, anxious dynamic video that I so related to because I was like, yeah, this is how I feel. And you have put words into how I feel, which I cannot myself do. And yeah, then I found a video about from Thais Gibson. She owns the personal development school. And I was like, ooh, personal development. And then uh, little did you, little did I know, I purchased the lifelong membership pass and <laughs> dabbled into all of her videos. And like she has video and um, courses progression for each attachment styles. And I'm not promoting her services. I'm just saying like, this is what helped me. But like, you have videos on what to say or not to say to an avoidant or the dating phase for an avoidant and any attachment style. So like any relationship dynamics that you can think of from the la- from the lens and perspective of each attachment style. So, you know, I would do the passive aggressive thing on, of sending a video to my ex and be like, probably what you do have a look at it (laughs) and then for myself as well just like understand things and like feeling misunderstood is such a humongous theme of my life so having someone put words on feelings that I could not describe to myself was um very good very very good for me and then of course there's the uh broken piece and the victim mentality that comes in and you try to fix everything and like it's a very ego behavior to do like okay we're we're broken we have trauma let's fix this let's fix this and I think it's a necessary like I I don't want to talk negatively about the ego the ego is there to help us survive it has made us survive as a human uh, human beings for all these years so there's just so much love and compassion and acceptance to have for the ego but yeah it can it's a it's a necessary part to have to have this desire to evolve and fix our broken parts but we're not broken we are perfect by design we were born perfect it's just that through conditioning we were thought that we are not perfect or divine and what have you you had posted i believe it was just before christmas maybe it was the christmas holidays but at the time you were in Mexico and you did like a psychedelic experience. And right away, I was like, I need to know about this because I, we were talking before this and I was saying, you know, it's something that I'm very interested in. I don't have that experience of experiencing it myself, but I also know people in my space who go, it sounds very interesting and cool. And I feel like I could learn a lot, 
but I'm also terrified of my, what might come up for me during this experience. Yes. So I would love to know how did that unfold for you? Like, why did you even decide that you were going to do it? I can't remember exactly which one you did or took, I guess. Um, But I would love for you to explain like, A, like, how did you end up in Mexico? How did you end up doing this experience? And what was that like for you? So yeah, in terms of plant medicine, um, of course, there's a huge stigma around it. People might still call it drugs. I very much believe there are plant medicine. Um, There was a wonderful documentary called um, Fantastic Fungi on Netflix, which basically explains how mushroom, magic mushrooms, more precisely, are our ancestors, like mushrooms came on earth, appeared, manifested themselves on earth, were planted by God on earth, call it what you want, and then it evolves into something else, a different organism, which led to human beings. Maybe it's an alien experience. Um, We can talk about it in a separate episode, but (laughs) yeah, we came from mushrooms. And the reason why it's a plant medicine, that it helps towards healing, understanding yourself, getting answers from the universe and whatnot, is because they are our teachers, because we came from them. And in terms of my own experience, I've experienced with uh, marijuana and magic mushrooms. I've not done LSD, but yeah, magic mushrooms. So do you want me to go through like my story around it or one specific? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do your whole story around it. All right. So I believe that everything comes at the right time. Uh, Mushrooms came into my life about towards the end of my relationship with my ex when it was when I was starting to feel like this relationship was not good anymore for the both of us um that we have learned everything we needed to learn from the relationship and that we both needed to move forward so my friend was doing mushrooms and was like let me do mushrooms too so I tried it and of course it was really like recreational like I come from a safe same place as you like doing drugs in the past chemical drugs partying drinking and then (laughs) and then we turned into quote-unquote woke drugs (laughs) um spiritual drugs but yeah I remember one experience with my ex we went for a walk and then came back inside and I would look at paintings or look at the floor and of course you know we took a medium dose. I don't want to say like it's a big dose that you go like on a trip and the stars and that you meet God and what have you. But like visuals were um, altered visually, visual alteration. And um, I would have the weirdest thoughts, like these thoughts that I don't necessarily have. And they're not scary thoughts, although they might be which is why I don't recommend doing mushrooms, large doses of mushrooms if you're in a dark place currently in your life. So anyone watching, if you are trigger warning, if you're depressed, if you have suicidal thoughts, if you are um, extremely anxious, um, a larger dose of mushrooms are not to be recommended because it can um, bring up things that you're not ready to face. 
It can bring up memories that you have suppressed that could cause to, that could lead to re-traumatization and you don't want that. You want to avoid that. So like I always say, these healing plant medicine will come to you at the right time, at the right moment. And I feel like they have to me too. And although I haven't experienced too much with larger doses, I do, I do follow a microdosing protocol. So what I do is every three days or so, I would take the pill in the morning on an empty stomach, drink my coffee as it boosts the effect, and then go out uh, out and about with my day. I took one this morning. I'm fully functional. It doesn't it doesn't like it doesn't affect your experience of reality. Like you might feel some tingling when it kicks in, or your stomach might act funny but it will not affect your sensor perception like a ma- uh, macro dose would. And which is why I love micro dosing because it complements my healing practices. I can go deeper in meditation when I have taken my micro dose in that day. I am more creative when I take my micro dose. I am more productive. Like this morning when I went, we were talking about, <laughs> I went snow booting this morning. Uh, I was out in the snow and like just being connected with nature was amazing. Um, and I had all of these downloads and ideas of content to create and what to say during this podcast and pitch myself as a friend. And I was like, oh, this is too much. I, I need a recorder. I need a notepad. And yeah, so but this is why I love microdosing. Um, it doesn't replace, by all means, the healing that you have you do on your own, whether it is journaling, shadow work, inner child healing, meditation, yoga, breath work, and what have you, but it will help a ton. It will boost it. It will complement it. And I do recommend uh, microdosing for people who suffer from the things I mentioned earlier. So depression, anxiety, microdosing is completely safe. Always consult your physician, of course, but it's something to consider if you're suffering with um, those life challenges. Yeah. And I very much want to make this clear that it's like, we are not on here to be like, you have to microdose, like always talk to your doctor. And even that being said, find a doctor who is open to this. Cause we all know that there are some doctors out there that it's like, unless it comes in a pill form that it's prescribed from the pharmacy, like they're not for it. And you will have some doctors who of course are like, for you're on this medication, like I don't recommend you doing this without supervision or this specific one, but you could do like, you just, you have to do your own, you have to be your yeah. own guru and like find, do your own research and talk to a professional. But it's funny because as you're talking, I like, do you know who I can never say his last name, but he's like Tarot from Four Sigmatic and he has the brand Four Sigmatic. No, you, Mm. you would probably like it. They have like right now I drink a cacao drink at the end of the night that has a little bit of like reishi mushroom in it. It's lovely. Yes. Yes. It's just so good for the mood. Oh, it's so, it's very relaxing. And I remember even like as silly as this sounds, I heard him on a podcast and he is an expert in fungi. He has like an actual title that I can never remember how to pronounce, but he was, he's from (laughs) Finland. He's very well rehearsed. Like he, he knows what Mm. he's talking about. And I was 
even this drink, I was like, I'm so terrified to drink it because there's mushrooms in it. And like, what if I hallucinate and like all these things happen? And it's like, it's the most relaxing drink. It, like I said, it has cacao in it. So it's very just, it's healthy for you. There's a little bit of ratio. Like you don't even taste anything. I just remember growing up and listening to people in high school who were like, man, I had this bad trip on this mushroom. And it puts that stigma right. out there of going like, oh my God, I don't want to experience that. And there's also something that you were saying too, is there's a difference between taking a psychedelic for a party phase. Like that's not what mm-hmm. you're doing or encouraging or saying there are obviously people who go out there and doing it, but it's doing it safely microdosing so that you can become more almost like self-aware. You can do a little bit of the inner work that needs to be done, or you use it for creativity or, you know, even, even the idea of cannabis can have such a stigma to it. Whereas like people will use it for pain management as opposed to taking Oxycontin or Percocets. Yeah. 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 And like, it's so easy because marijuana, the thing is, in small amounts, it can be really enhancing, especially during meditation or just to like have more creative ideas, but it's so easy to fall into the trap of like finishing a joint, having another one, and just like being a potato couch and watching Netflix and laughing, which I love, by the way. I love my medication. I love like an evening. Healing can be exhausting. Like I don't want to be healing on healing mode all day, every day. That's not what we're promoting either. Like you can have fun with life. Of course. But yeah, with that said, marijuana can definitely be an enhancer as well of your spiritual practices. And if you allow me, I'd like to just like add a bit of scientific information about how uh, psilocybin works on the brain, microdosing especially. Psilocybin, what it does, it does um, help the brain to produce dopamine. And what's the upper ha- the other happy chemical? It was dopamine and. Oh, I, I know. I, I, I want to say serotonin is not the right one, but serotonin. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. It helps produce that in a healthy, like you're not going to get boom, a boost, but over time you will gradually build more of your own serotonin and dopamine. It does restructure your brain. It prevents Alzheimer. It prevents any diseases any brain diseases like Alzheimer, Parkinson, and what have you, what it really does, the reason why it's so powerful in healing is that it disable the, what's the name, like the default operating mode of your brain, like this cognitive thinking, ego mind, always trying to find solution, look, look out for problems. And like the monkey mind, it puts like the monkey mind out the window and allows you to have more of an outsider perspective on yourself. So you're like, oh, I do this. Oh, like you're not having an out-of-body experience. I don't know what I'm saying, but you kind of catch yourself doing those things. Also, you, like what I personally do, I would do like a six weeks of microdosing. Two pills per day, let's say, or three. And then I would stop for a month just to avoid the body to build tolerance and also the the chemicals will still work their magic in your body it's not like you take 
molly and then you trip for a night you feel like shaking the other day and then the, the chemical's gone it stays in your body it becomes part of your beingness it becomes part of your system like the chemicals that your body will naturally produce will change for the better so that's why it's important to take breaks just to allow the body to recalibrate with what you're like becoming I would love to know what your experience like was in Mexico doing this. Was this something you were doing on your own? Was it a retreat? Like, I want like the micro information of like, are you ingesting it? Are you putting on your feet? Like, what was that like? Mm, Okay. So it's really funny because I had like these, I have this partnership with a company called the Ultramistic and they send me a bunch of products for me to use and to promote. And I was like, you know what? I want to bring them. Mexico and you know airport security and whatnot but I was like let's create a bubble around myself to be safe in the airport and I also put them like what I did I have like these under they're gummies they're literal candies um, infused with psilocybin and the mushroom so I put them in a bag of candy so that way I was safe and I also have the microdosing pills which I put in an actual mushroom supplement container from the drugstore. So I poured it out, put my pills in it. So it was like, even if the dog smelled it, it was like, no, they're my mushroom supplements. So brought them to Mexico. Yeah, I would just follow my protocol there and ingest the candy. And oh man, going to the beach, the sand, the water, the sky, the colors, everything is just so much brighter and amazing. And like, I'll be honest, I would talk I would take several pills and a gummy to have something more like a macrodose, especially at the beach. And I remember one day just floating in the ocean. And I was like, thank you, Mother Earth. Thank you, Mother Ocean, for, you know, supporting me, holding my body at the surface. But I still had to, you know, have some muscle contraction. So I was kind of working with the ocean to stay at the surface and I was like that's such a beautiful metaphor with the universe like although the universe is supporting me I am divinely guided universe is sending me beautiful opportunities in life just like this podcast episode we're recording today I still have got to put in my own effort things are not just going to happen magically so a lot of aha moments can happen on magic mushrooms which is why like i'm loving it i would love to do like a larger dose soon but it's not gonna happen at my parents place that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) hi mom and dad just going through something right now um it's yeah i would love to reiterate the concept of you know i i feel like sometimes people look at somebody like myself who like considers themselves as a yogi and they think it's like so woo woo and like all we do is meditate all day and we do breath work and like we just that's what our life is and you were saying you know it's great to have the knowledge it's great to do these things but you also have to take the action and you also have to do the healing, you have to go for the job, you have to, you Mm -hmm. have to take the action. And it's funny, because I remember in my yoga teacher training, when we were talking about like the meditation portion of things, one of my teachers had said, there's this 
story and I'm not going to get it correct in, in its entirety. I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it's more like this guy <laughs> goes to the statue and he, the statue is supposed to be able to grant you whatever wish that you want. And he goes to it and he goes, I, I want to, I wish to win the lottery. Nothing happens. He goes to it the next day. I wish to win the lottery. And this goes on for months and months and months. And he finally gets to the point of like, I, you were supposed to be able to grant all of these wishes. I've been asking to wish the lot to win the lottery. Like what gives? And the statue answer, answers back and goes, you have to buy the damn lottery ticket. Right. Like we can, I knew it. Yeah. Right. And it's so true because we like, we think if we're just high vibe all the time and if we meditate on it if we mm. put the intention out there like it'll happen and it's like you also have to put in the work for it to happen yes, yes having yes. a positive mindset is important and it will attract the, what you want into your life but you also have to take the steps in order for this to come to fruition for you yeah I call that inspired actions you mentioned intention which is intention is everything intention is so important like I brush my teeth with intention I eat with intention I write an email with intention like everything that I do like the cre- the content that I create I create it with intention like the the energy and the feelings that you hold while doing something has such a big impact like I could rush myself to create a content just because it's Monday and I have to put something out and like rush the caption just to get the likes the followers and what have you but like the universe will catch that. But if I create a piece of content um, with the intention to serve and educate and help people, it will have such a different impact. But you did the same thing. And like, I, it's all about balance. Balancing the doingness with the beingness. As you said, it's so important to meditate, be positive. So it's important to be that while doing that doing those things getting the job and uh yeah and doing 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 if you're only stuck in the doing will have the same effect as only being in the being i've seen it like here in north america and in the western world everybody is doing 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 and we have depression anxiety and like all of these health problems whereas in the eastern world everybody's being 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 everybody is zen everybody is healthy but like I still want to do six figures you know like Mm -hmm. I want to have both yeah absolutely no I love that so much I would love to know because I know you're in the process of becoming like a a breathwork facilitator I would love to know like why should somebody consider it sounds so like I feel like a lot of people have come on the podcast and we talk about how important the breath is breath work, breath work, breath work, but it's something a lot of people will just brush aside or go, well, I'm, I'm breathing. So I must be doing breath work. But as you know, it's so much more important than that. And I would love to know, like, why should somebody consider breath work? What does that mean? What sort of steps can they take? Is there like one simple thing that could be the foot in the door for somebody to start to explore this a little bit more and what can they expect from getting involved in this practice oh man uh i didn't know what breath work was last summer 2021 and it's when the coach that i hired offered it to me she was like i'm 
hosting a workshop on breathwork. Do you want to try it? I was like, sure. And then in the call, <laughs> middle proud, new spiritual, um, <laughs> spiritual newbie that I was, was like, oh, well, I meditate. And <laughs> I know, like, I'm already breathing, just like you said. Like, even my dad said that. Like, so you're teaching people how to breathe. But there was, like, so much more than that. Like, oh, I don't even know where to start. I feel like I need to take a breath to just align myself. Breath work is, like, you are you are breathing life force energy. The breath is what guides you through life from the day you are born to the day you die. We take it so much for granted, but that's the only thing that will stay with you at all times and keep you alive for absolutely nothing in return. And the breath is also one of the few things in the body that is both automatic and that you can control. Which is why breathwork is so potent and powerful. My coach calls it active meditation. Because sometimes, you know, you would meditate and you're like, what am I doing? Like, is it working? Is it working? Why am I doing this? I could be something doing, doing something more productive. And I love meditation. I still meditate every day. But what I will do is I will do breath work before just to get rid of the thoughts, right? To really drop into the body, be here. And that's what breath work does. Like it shuts down the speaking mind. Like the voice in your head that says, you didn't do your two legs today. You have more chores to do. You forgot to call your mom. Ooh, that conversation you had 10 years ago, you should like, <laughs> that person really hurt us. You know, that voice that's always there, breath work will just throw it outside of the window for a while. We still love that voice. Um, but it would, it will pause it for a while. And then meditation comes more naturally and it is much more efficient. And another reason why I love breath work is somebody who feels so misunderstood and has is struggling to understanding myself and wanting to heal and wanting to fix myself, it can be overwhelming. Like, as I mentioned earlier, like I, I wanted to write every single thing that happened into my life and connect it to what it created in me and how it reflects in my day, in my daily life today and have a really like visual and cognitive understanding of my trauma. But breath work is like you are literally breathing life through your body. You are allowing your body to heal itself. Like you are welcoming God, energy, universe, um, collective consciousness. So yeah, you have like this life force energy or whatever you want to call it that is just working, doing its magic through your body. And all you have to do is be there and breathe. Like I had an experience there. Okay. Tangents. That's me. Like Meyer Briggs. I'm like, he, and I don't know, like my personality types, I go on so many tangents. It can be chaotic. So I'm so grateful to have Megan today to guide the conversation. 
by the way, can we give her a round of applause for her podcasting skills? She's doing so good at um, holding space for this conversation. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Um, of course, doll. You're so welcome. But yeah, there is a, something you can experience called tetany. T-E-T-A-N-Y, tetany. And that's just involuntarily muscle contraction. So my hands could go like for anyone watching on YouTube, you can see, but anyone in the podcast, like your hands get really like curled into like different direction and it's unconscious. It's involuntary. The lips can get tight, lots of tingling. And I'm not going to lie, it can be really scary to lose control over your own body. Like it's almost like I couldn't move anymore and I was like no at first I was like no like my ego that voice in your head right that voice went like nope this is scary this is dangerous we're gonna die um let's stop this breath work is shit let's stop this as soon as possible and then I was like I am safe and here's what I can control still my breath I'm still breathing meaning I'm still alive and then I followed how, like, I followed the guidance of the facilitator, my coach, and she brought me back to my normal state at the end of the, the breath choreo. We call that a breath choreography. And, you know, I was fine. I felt light. I felt alive. I don't know what my body did, but I allowed it to do it. And that's the power of the body. The body is so wide, like yoga. Hello. And I could go on and on about the science of breath work. And no, like, it's, it's so <laughs> incredible. Hours. Thank you for sharing that. It's, I think even if people think about if someone's upset or if you're with somebody who's upset, we all almost unconsciously or consciously will say, take a deep breath, right? Let it go. And it's, when you think of it like that, it almost takes out this idea for some people, they look at it as like, this seems kind of woo woo. And it's like, we do it hopefully all the time, right? If you're panicked, if you're experiencing anxiety, a lot of us will go breathe into the belly or the chest to just, it almost instantly will take you out of this hyper vigilant state and just relaxes you. We're also in a society where we're such big mouth breathers and chest breathers that it, we don't take the time to actually go breathe into your belly and into your ribs. And I'll never forget the one time I was speaking to a girlfriend of mine who's a high school teacher and we did our yoga teacher training together and she was doing yoga with her girls in gym class. And they were talking about breath work and she was going, breathe into your belly and into your ribs. And none of them did it. And then she goes, close your eyes, breathe into your belly and your ribs. And they all did it. And she said, you could instantly feel the energy shift. And when she was talking to some of the girls and stuff after they were all saying they didn't want to breathe into their belly because it, it made them feel like they were fat. And it's this, I think we're just so conditioned to like suck in the gut, like don't let the belly hang out. And oh, do you, I feel like that you're res- so, resonating with that. Yeah. Like I, I remember like writing an ebook on meditation and like prompting them to breathe through their stomach. 
Mm-hmm. And I wrote as a joke right after, like something about that. Like、uh, nobody's looking at you. Like you're not going to look fat if you、yeah. like allow your stomach to expand. And you're so right. Like we we live in a society where like an 18 inches waist is、uh, glamorized and put on a pedestal. Like corset. Hello, waist training. Like、mm-hmm. you should be like the smallest possible. So like yeah, and we all hold our stomach in. We're not breathing. I feel like society in the Western world, everything is made to condition us to move away from being well.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing too. It was funny. I was listening to a podcast, and they were saying with even with COVID right now, so much of the recovery that doctors are doing in hospitals is. Breath work, and they're teaching them how to rebreathe, and this idea of breathing into the belly and the ribs because it will help flush out the lungs of containing any sort of contaminant or virus or bacteria. So it's something that it seems so like out of this world, and like we only do it if we're bougie and we have the time to do it. Yet it's so prevalent that I don't know why we can't make this distinction of like it's actually incredibly. Beneficial for our health, and it can be. It can have the spiritual connection to it, but it also doesn't have to have it as well. Yeah, you said bougie, and I feel like this is something that. Um, I think things have to be fashionable、mm-hmm. before being mainstream. Like you know how yoga before was about having the best yoga mat and those. Tights that make your butt look bigger, and the best equipment, and then oh look at me, I'm doing yoga, I'm so healthy, oh. But I think it's a step to take people from the matrix who are so caught up in the way they look, and I'm guilty of that. Like I love to look good, but yeah, like people are so caught up in the appearances. So if we can make yoga, meditation, and breath work a little bit more glamorous. And if that can bring more people in or get their interest,、mm-hmm. yay! I mean, I mean, and let's not forget those who want it as a healing modality. Of course, those are have to be honored, absolutely. But there's just so many ways to lure people in. I would love to know: Is there anything else that you do as either a wellness modality or a healing modality that you feel has really moved the needle forward for you and has really made a positive impact in your life? That's a good question.、Um, I think it's a mixture of everything. So there is nothing I can pinpoint and be like, "Oh, this really helped." I feel like it's the intention. And the wanting to improve, and then things will come to you. But I do journal, not always. But what I do most is, yeah, breath work, meditation,、uh, micro dosing, stretching to get the body moving. I eat well. I move. Yeah, yeah. Whatever feels good to you. Like there's no all-in-one winning formula. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different, so whatever you feel drawn to is is really what I recommend. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like sometimes we all want to be told this is exactly the things that will change your life, and you have to do it in these steps. And it's it sometimes it's playing around with it and finding things that feel good. Sometimes it's revisiting. Like I've talked about this before. I did yoga first when I was fifteen, hated it. 
thought it was like no point at all to it. And I came back to it when I was 20. And it was at that time that it really truly made a difference in my life. So it's also like not, you know, if you tried something back in the day and it didn't resonate with you, but there's something that keeps saying, you know, try it, or you're being gravitating towards a person who does it. And you're like, you know, it really seems to be making a difference for them. Like, give it a shot, give it a try. I'm all for, I think it, there's this idea of like giving a shot and sticking with it for a bit. If it doesn't resonate with you, let it go. But also don't say after day one, well, breath work didn't work for me. Like I'm not doing this anymore. Like you have to give things some time to stick and try different, like maybe there's a different modality of breath work that works for you, but a certain one doesn't, you know? Or a different facilitator. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the person. Like yep. you, like there is just so many yoga teachers out there. Mm-hmm. Same for a therapist. You are encouraged to date for your ideal therapist. So same as for any instructor. Yeah. Instructors, of course. And yeah, we're slowly moving away from the quick fix, heal fix mentality mentality. It takes time. It really takes time. So yeah, allow yourself to cultivate a practice and if after like a while you're not feeling it then try something different and something else that I like doing are affirmations in the morning and before bed that's something I recently tried doing I don't know if it works but I'm seeing progress in my life so I keep doing it yeah (laughs) so I listen to this lady who talks about abundance how money loves me how I'm deserving of money so You know, I like to let my subconscious heal myself on autopilot. So the least effort I have to do, the happier I am. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I love affirmations so much. Like I'm a huge, and I think for me too, I look at it as like, if I hear an affirmation and it triggers me, I'm like, okay, what kind of inner work needs to go on here? And now that that's like, really, it's like, you're like, oh, like that's not true for me or that's triggering me. It's like, all right, this is where the real fun begins. So before I send everybody to check you out, to follow you on social media and see your incredible content creation, I know you have mm-hmm. a code as well. I just want to know, is there a book, podcast, or resource that has brought you incredible value and you want to share with the audience? Please, 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 please. I'm going to show it since we are also on YouTube. For those who are listening to the podcast, I will, oh, not the right one. I will, of course, read the title, but please read um, The Genie Within. Mm. This is a book by Harry W. Carpenter, and it's, I call it an instruction manual for your brain. Um, We just mentioned healing on autopilot. There is just so much power in the parts of our brain that we don't consciously use, and there's just so much power in, you know, if you're somebody who wants to manifest your dream life, who wants to bring change, and you haven't been seeing the results, uh, the answers might and I think are um, hidden in your subconscious mind. I feel like everybody should read this book, especially if we want to like create the new earth in the fifth dimension, raise human consciousness. It starts It starts with this book, The Four Agreements by mm-hmm. Miguel Ruiz. Always something great to read and keep in mind on a daily basis. And in terms of podcasts, I love, love, love the podcast by my coach. It's called, what's it called? I think it's the Coachable Podcast. 
Yeah, okay. it's a coachable podcast by Tori Gordon. I absolutely love it. We're probably going to pop it in the show notes. Mm. But um, she has spoken with um, Marion Williamson and other mentors. She has always the best guests on the show and she's amazing. So I highly recommend her podcast. Amazing. I love a good podcast. So I will have to check that out. If people want to connect yes. with you, if they want to mm-hmm. grab the code that you have for them, where can everybody go and find you? All right. So hopefully the codes will be in the description box. I do have a 15% discount code for anyone who's interested in microdosing. Um, if you want to save some coins on all of your orders, really, are you more than welcome to use that code? I'm also a proud ambassador of Kamusta Design. They manufacture this lovely anti-anxiety whistle. It's called a shift. And what it does, it really just allows the perfect eight to 10 seconds Excel to really drop into your parasympathetic system. I like to use it when I'm stuck in traffic or in line at the grocery store and I can't just be there, do breath work or meditate and I'm super anxious. This saves my day. And also same thing, 15% off your purchase. And of course, all the children, all of you gorgeous soul can find me on Instagram, TikTok, on YouTube at Antoine Billboard. Yes, absolutely. I will make sure everything is linked in the show notes. And I think what I might do when this goes live is I will replay that TikTok video that I found you on and repost that in my stories. And people can be like, this is how she found him. And now he's on the podcast. So thank you so much for this conversation, Antoine. This has been amazing. Thanks to you, doll, Megan. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. If you love this podcast episode, spread the love by sharing this with your friends and family, share it out on social media, and don't forget to give it a five-star rating and review. From the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful that you are here. Until next time.